Hello, this is Lori Koppelman. I'm so glad you're here for the third episode of the Clutter Chronicles podcast, One Woman's Journey Through Stuff. This podcast isn't like most others. It's not an interview with a different person every episode, but an ongoing conversation with a fascinating woman named Mary. I met Mary a few years ago, and she slowly let me in on her secret life, one she describes as being in an unusual relationship with stuff. In each conversation, Mary lets me ask her anything I want to learn about her world, and she holds nothing back. If you've happened upon this episode without starting at our first one, you may want to go back and listen to each chronicle to get the full story, but you can just jump in and catch up now too. In our last conversation, Mary and I talked a little bit about her childhood and how she felt like she didn't belong. In today's conversation, we discussed the crossroad that Mary came to in her adult life when she realized she was out of control. That was 10 years ago. All right, it's Lori and Mary sitting down again to chat about all things hoarding, <laughs> all things unhoarding, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of the goal of this. Yeah. We haven't really talked about what our what our goal was. And I'm going to just chat a little bit here before I ask you um, to continue your story. Uh, we we met each other a few years ago, and I'll let you tell that story um, in more detail. And you came to the Basilica. I mentioned this in our first conversation. I didn't say what it was about. I was a employment ministry job coach, and you came to visit about getting help with a job. And we both started talking about clutter and uh, kind of spent the rest of our sessions doing that. I'm, I'll, I'll have you talk about that a little bit later, but... We uh, decided that we wanted to talk and share your story after we've done some work and you've done some work and that you are in the midst of recovering from this, as as you call yourself, a recovering hoarder. And we wanted to share your story and someday, and we don't know when that day is, someday I'm going to come to your house and you're going to let me in. We decided that that would be a pretty pretty big fucking deal for me to show up and you let me in and be okay with that Um, and that's the goal we're going towards with these conversations Um, and like I said we don't know when that is this isn't uh, scripted as we've said before we're just chatting about your journey and you're so generously sharing uh, what it's like for you and maybe it'll help other people to hear about it and hear that they're uh, not alone, and um, and whatever else that we can shed light on, um, maybe some of the barriers to getting help, what barriers you've overcome, and what are still remaining. So that's just a little bit of intro today. That we're we're on track at some point to show up and uh, have you have that be a huge. Um, barrier removed yeah am i saying that right that a huge reveal a huge reveal <laughs> and it's not necessarily to even take anything out right the the achievement the victory would be because right now you wouldn't let me in your house is mm-hmm. that true probably not okay we'd be tough all right and i've heard that um as a, a, a 
a barrier for a lot of people that are in this same space um, replaces you is having people over is is not really where you want to what you want to do right so last time when we were chatting excuse me um, I said I wanted to hear about when did you figure out and how did you figure out that this was this had gone awry for you right. so you were kind of Maybe not so happily, but merrily, or what have you, um, on your way of collecting and selling, and and at some point something happened, changed. What? What? How? How did you get to a spot of deciding this is a problem, or mm-hmm. being aware? I should say, maybe not deciding, becoming aware. You want to do something about it? Well, I was always on this path of uh, thinking I knew what I was doing. Thinking that I had a purpose for what I bought. And um, kind of living in a little make-believe world that I would have my own store and sell this stuff and prove to everyone that I, I knew what I was doing. Right. And um, I was in the midst of a career change. I had decided I, I didn't want to do what I had been doing up until that point, which was com- computer tech work. And I was kind of in a weird place where I was, like a, I was doing some creative stuff even though I was in an office space. It was, it was creative because I wasn't in a regimen type job. I wasn't in corporate. And I was hanging around with people who were all um, self-starters, had their own businesses. And a friend of mine had heard me talk about my house and how it was a disaster. And uh, I call him a friend. He's a friend of mine now. We actually dated then. And he said, well, let me come over and uh, I'll help you. And so he came over all gung-ho, all ready to go. I think he even brought, like, trash bags. Mm -hmm. And he went into my kitchen and just started tossing stuff. And what's funny is, as I think about this, I let him toss the stuff, but that was my trash can. I mean, I could have pulled that stuff out of there. I don't know, you know. So I wasn't at the worst of it yet. I was still, I would say, not completely immersed into the hoarding world. I was recognizing the problem. And um, I just would have an answer for everything. Well, that's going to go with this, or that sells with that, or that is part of this part, or I could really sell that, or... And it wasn't a question I wanted the stuff to go. It was it was how I was going to let it go. Right. And it was a lot of control that I had to keep. And uh, within 10 minutes, I think he put his hands up in the air and said, well, obviously I'm not going to be of any help to you. And uh, we let it at that. And he said, what you really need to, do, need to do, Mary, is open your own store. You have a lot of stuff here. You could really do it. And I think he meant that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And it turned out a friend of mine who I was working for had closed her spa and had a space available and said, she called me up one day and said, let's try it. Let's try your store idea. So we opened up a store and I had a resale shop. And my whole purpose was to let go of stuff. But what I really did, and I've said this a million times, is I acquired ten times more. I had more of an excuse to purchase. I had more place to put things. I had a kind of a free reign to do whatever the heck I wanted. Right. And 
Well, what's interesting about that is the people who would come to my store, they had the same problem. Like I was attracting like-minded people who had too much stuff, who couldn't live in their house, who had rooms that were just unwalkable. How do you know that? Well, because they would open up to me about it. And they would ask me to come to their house and help them, you know, take something, sell something. Okay. And since my store was a consignment shop, they were motivated by the money. And honestly, that was the one thing that would let me let go of something is if I could make some money off of it. It also was a barrier because I would know how much I spent on it and I wanted to get top dollar from it. But uh, in general, it would pry it out of my hands if I could sell it. So, <laughs> out of your grippy, sweaty yes, hands. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> I remember people walking out of my store with my treasures and me being really mad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, interesting. That's, that's not a good way to run a business. <laughs> not very entrepreneurial. Yeah, huh? no. <laughs> that's mine. And being very envious that they got to have those. It was like, but I wanted to have that, oh. you know. But I mean, honestly, it it was just kind of bizarre how it all happened. So my business partner, she put up with me for a year and a half. We had that store open, and it's right when I met my now husband. By the time I was dating him. And um, it was kind of a crossroads in my life of realizing I've realized my dream. I have a store. I'm insane because I'm buying all these things. I'm out of control. I have a 3,000 square foot store packed. And we have decided we're closing. Oh. What are we going to do with all this stuff? Why were you closing? We couldn't do it anymore. I was there. Sometimes I'd be there for 24 hours. I would revamp the store whenever there was a new pile of stuff that came in like you know someone was moving and they wanted to unload their stuff to our store of course I took it wanted to take everything I would revamp the store and I would make themes so if if it was a lot of baby furniture I'd make a little you know room a little nursery if it was a lot of audio visual I made an audio visual room screens and projectors Mm -hmm. and odd things and it was a lot of fun it was very whimsical people loved my displays and it turned out what I really really loved was doing displays it, it, in fact I loved that more than having stuff and it goes fact, back to your bedroom yes I also found that if and my business partner um, she she did this trick where if something came in that she really liked she just kept it up at the front desk and if, if she hung out with it for a while she could let it go and I thought I really really like that idea and maybe part of the stuff that I don't want to let go is because I've never had a chance to hang out with it Hmm. so putting them in displays actually gave them like a send-off for me right and um yeah it was very much like my childhood and uh actually our store got to be known for the displays and the whimsical fun and so people would come and we ended up helping uh about three or four houses clear out like packed houses right and of course that means I acquired more stuff so when we decided that this was taking over our lives and it ain't worth it we could get out of the rest of the lease and move on um it was the first realization that I had a real problem (laughs) like you'd think I would have been onto it by then but I always had an excuse right and um 
I said to her, and I'm just not mentioning her name because she doesn't know that we're doing these yet. Sure. So I don't, I don't have permission, I don't think, to say her name. But I had said to her, wow, I think I really have a high ability to handle stuff. Like, like, like a, I can't even think of the word I used at the time, but it was like... Tolerance? Tile, tolerance. I have a high tolerance for stuff. That's exactly what I said. And she says, oh, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I realized for like a, a good week, the only way out of this is to let it all go. It was like one week of clarity. But then I had some snags. So what I did is I allowed myself one pod, one of those pods that moves, and the rest of the stuff went donated. And in the past, I'd have to write lists and think about what it was I was letting go, and I was in such a hurry to move that I I had to get it out. So we donated seven truckloads of stuff. Wow. These are big trucks. Wow. And then I packed every crack and crevice into that little pod, and all that I considered my treasures was in that pod with the plan of reselling that at a like an antique shop, get a booth, rent a booth, something like that. Right. But I would say that was the biggest realization because um, it was completely out of control how much I had. And I think it's because we had just brought in some stuff from a rummage sale. I had I would freely go to rummage sales and say, anything you can't sell, bring my way. I'll sell it for you. I mean, who has that kind of time? It was just me and her. We didn't have employees. We didn't have volunteers. And uh, so we had a lot of stuff that had just come in right before we closed. Okay. <laughs> huh. So and how old are you? What, where are you at? Um, that was in 2005. Okay. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do the math. That's okay. <laughs> Years is fine. <laughs> so 2005 is when we opened the store and we closed it in um, about, well, we must have opened it partially 2004. And close it partially 2006. Um, mid, so about mid 10 summer. years ago. Yeah, yeah, about 10 years ago, yep. And um, I I stashed stuff at my parents' house, at my friend's house, and in that pod, and then um, started to panic and uh, started having sales going to. Uh, um, flea markets and I had treasures that I was selling really cheap and that was a really unusual for me but that's it's like I reached a point where I wanted to pretty much divorce myself and I thought I, I, I can't I on it's like it had to be so obvious to me that I can't keep this stuff and the only way it was obvious is when you had been filled to the brim and no place to put it then it's like oh I have too much stuff so I would bring the. I had all these antique windows, and I brought them to the flea market, and I sold them for a dollar just to get them out. And I was on a roll. I thought I was doing well, but I still had that pod. And 2006, I rolled that pod into a storage, unloaded it into a storage, and it stayed there for two years. And what's the state of your house like during this time? Packed. Okay. Packed house, packed storage now, um, stuff at my friend's house, and I think 
maybe two friends' houses. And packed. Give me a give me a uh, visual when you say your house was packed. Okay. Um, like I had a when I say house, I had a condo, and I had a one stall garage, floor to ceiling, with one little path to go through it, and then I had a, a kitchen packed with boxes. I had a living room packed with boxes. And you go up the steps, there was stuff on the steps. You go up to the second um, level and there's two bedrooms and a bathroom. I couldn't shut my bathroom door. I always had it open because I had too much stuff. And I didn't shut any doors. In fact, I took doors off the closets because you couldn't open them. Okay. So uh, I also had pets. I had... um, Two rabbits and a cat, and I think I had birds at that time as well. And so I'd always say, "Well, if I didn't have all these pets, I'd be, I'd have more space." You know, there's always these excuses. So it, it, in the midst of it, and there was a part of me that knew I needed help, and the other part that didn't want to admit it. So I was always between these two sides, and it was, it was a tough thing to admit to. You know, because in order to um, admit to it, I'd have to do something about it. And I didn't want to part with any of it. Everything was a treasure. Hmm. But there is this feeling of claustrophobia. Like, even if my house was clean, knowing all that stuff was in storage, which was like a 10 by 15 storage, um, it, I, I felt like it was going to collapse on me. And the dilemma is each item I needed to sort through. I couldn't divvy it out to someone else. It has to go through me because I'm the control freak. I'm the one that has to make the decisions on what ultimately happens to the stuff. And I remember when I met my husband, I had been through this so many times where someone's going to come to my house. And at that time, this is before the store, um, I could cram everything into the garage and make it look like my house wasn't as full as it was. It was still pretty cluttered because I had a lot of knickknacks out and stuff, but it was organized and nicely displayed. You could sit on your furniture, close doors? Yep, all that stuff. But only if I had enough notice to cram it all into the garage. Okay. Okay. So you open that garage and it's like, you know, a brick wall of stuff. Right. Which was just absurd. So anyway, my husband wants to come over and meet the rabbits. I don't know why I would do this to myself, but I would invite people over, and it would almost be like I'm trying to pretend that I'm normal. So I'd put myself through this, where I would put this facade on. And he came over. We'd only known each other a few weeks. Had carrots. He was all ready to meet these rabbits. Sweetest thing ever. (laughs) And, um... I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't shove it all in the garage. I left it in like the room before the garage, which is the kitchen, and I just said, I have a problem, and I can't hide it anymore. Wow. And this is, this is my stuff. And he just says, okay. <laughs> and I think he was pretty shocked. He went upstairs, and, you know, I hadn't got everything stashed, so he saw messes, and he saw he could he could surmise how much stuff I had if this is the stuff that's out. 
And he met the rabbits, and um, it was kind of like the buck stops here. I can't pretend anymore. And if this guy's going to be in my life, I can't. I can't hide it from him. It's 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 uh, it's not right. That was brave. Yeah, it was. T- I don't know what got into me to do that. You don't. Uh. Uh-uh. I I I I think I was just so sick of it. And so sick of pretending. Mm-hmm. And even though letting him in and letting them see who I was was scary, it was real. Mm-hmm. And I, I just was so tired of pretending to be somebody I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I must have sensed that he was a good guy. Yeah. Obviously he is. Yeah. But I could have really... Uh, he could have run. He could have really just said... You know, this girl's too, too much. But he didn't. And I think that was the beginning of my healing. It was. Whew, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a great place to end right now. Okay. We'll keep chatting. Okay. Thanks, Mary. Yep. that ends today's chronicle. Weren't you so glad to hear that Mary was able to show herself to her boyfriend? That took a lot of guts. Hey, I've been remiss in calling out my fabulous brother Michael Koppelman for letting us use one of his musical creations on our show. He's been at this a long time, and if you'd like to find more of his music, you can find him at lowlife.com. That's L-O-L-I-F-E dot com. Thank you so much for supporting this work of ours. And if you think it would be helpful to others, spread the word. You can send us your questions or comments here on our Clutter Chronicles Patreon site or on Twitter at ClutterCron. Come back again to find out what happens next on Clutter Chronicles. <laughs>